This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, well, March Madness is now in full swing. Yeah, you know what I derive a lot of joy from? Watching people in the office and elsewhere, just regular civilians, the rank and file, Mary, Joe, and Jane, and everybody, pretending to know what the hell they're doing with their brackets. It's kind of comical. It's like, forget it. Stop with that. Just throw darts at a dartboard. You'll have more luck or at least as much success because uh, by day one or two, you're done anyway. (laughs) Forget it. However, uh, yeah, it's kind of amusing, but people just play along because, you know, you just want to be collegial within the office, right? But you don't know what the deuce you're doing. Hey, speaking of the deuce, uh, did you go to the Kiss concert last night, Mary? I missed it. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd be there in your full regalia and, you know, uh, your Peter Chris cat, yeah. you know, makeup, makeup and everything. makeup, mm. the heels, okay. uh, the platforms. The platforms, yeah, yeah. not the heels. Uh, that's Paul Stanley away from the stage. But, uh, no, I guess they got, what, three out of four stars from Jane Stevenson in the sun. And it was uh, one of their farewell tours. I think this is about their ninth now. Mm-hmm. Still saying goodbye. Yeah, they're uh, packing it in. But uh, they did pack in the crowd. And they're coming back for a second go-round August 17th, I think. Nice. Yeah, well. Nice, I guess, if uh, you're so inclined. <laughs> the Kiss Army now into their dotage. Because what, Simmons is like 70, 71? However. Uh, Brilliant businessman. Well, he is. They still want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Uh, we'll uh, continue on with a discussion that uh, we had a little earlier about Kellyanne Conway and Hubby and how they square that circle because uh, Donald Trump, her boss, has been teeing off on her husband. But he's, of course, been giving as good as he's getting. It's an interesting phenomenon and a little bit of fun on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, Then we'll hunker down with Anthony Fury at the bottom of the hour. He has uh, written extensively about, uh, well, white supremacy in Canada and uh, how it's a wake-up call that this violence stuff has to be addressed in a serious vein. We'll see what he has uh, in store for us. There are other considerations for Canadians, too, and I, I alluded to one before the top of the hour. It has to do with real estate in this country. We know there have been torrid markets, especially in cities like Vancouver and Toronto, And it turns out that there might be a a sinister component to all of this, where uh, international syndicates or corporations don't have to report money transactions, and they launder that money through real estate, and it bumps up, uh, well, the cost of housing. You know, this is one of those affordable housing questions, I guess, whether or not uh, they're out of reach because of illicit money in play. Let's find out what's going on. Sasha Caldera is the Program Manager of Canadians for Tax Fairness, here to help us to uh, figure this all out. Sasha, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, John. So tell me, uh, obviously, this is a big concern uh, money-wise. How prevalent uh, is this, and uh, do you have a ballpark figure of how much dirty money might be involved in real estate in this country? Mm-hmm. So uh, the RCMP estimates that approximately $15 billion is laundered uh, through Canada each year. Um, just to provide just a general picture for you know like you know what this means in terms of uh, in terms of volume, that's about three times the amount that Canada provides in foreign aid. Um, money laundering occurs both through foreign and domestic sources, um, so it's unclear as to you know what you know uh, what sort of pressures are are exerted upon uh, different markets in Canada. Um, I, I, I heard that you were discussing the Vancouver market. Um, that uh, has a predilection to be influenced by uh, money laundering uh, through China in particular. With Toronto, there's many more factors at play here. Um, 
I think um, what we've done is we've taken a look at, at approximately uh, 1.4 million residential property transactions in the uh, GTA area, mm-hmm. uh, which dates back to 2008. And uh, we found uh, some, you know, some really interesting, uh, just, you know, some, some interesting findings. Um, so this doesn't necessarily mean that dirty money, that, that all, all of our findings aren't necessarily associated with dirty, mi- with dirty money. It just shows that there is a high risk to what we have found. So, for instance, corporate entities have acquired approximately $28.4 billion in GTA housing, uh, so that's just corporations uh, owning property. And then uh, approximately $10 billion of GTA housing was acquired by companies for direct cash purchases. Um, yeah, but who who operates that way, except this would be a flag immediately, I guess, to uh, the revenuers looking at people buying with cash, no mortgages, no financing, mm-hmm. no trail. Yeah, so that that's the thing. So like so it's it is certainly a high risk and and that that's kind of what we're trying to what we're trying to raise here. Um Well, all right, let me ask you though, Sasha, because you're trying to raise it here again, you're with Canadians for Tax Fairness. Obviously, this is depriving the treasury and uh it's a an added burden on legitimate taxpayers. So this is a colossal loophole that's being exploited. Yes, absolutely. I mean, quite honestly, the there is a gap that exists with um, you know Canada's anti money laundering regime. Uh, so, for instance, there's um, uh, you have casinos, uh, real estate brokers, um, and other other mortgage lenders that aren't required to uh, carry out beneficial ownership checks. So that is the that that is understanding who is the ultimate owner of a certain property. Um, you know when you go when you go you know when you purchase a mortgage through a bank, for instance, uh, those are regulated under Canada's anti money laundering framework, otherwise known as the PCMLTFA. Um, and because that gap exists, um, you know um, you know the real estate sector is at risk. And what that does is this dirty money that does come into the country uh, takes up um, the, the, you know, a certain percentage of the supply stock of housing and can have an upward pressure on prices. Um, in other jurisdictions uh, in, you know, globally, such as Singapore, New York, London, um, you know, money laundering through real estate has, uh, has and is um, contributing to artificial price bubbles. Um, this is occurring in Vancouver. And well, to what to what extent do you think it might be happening in Toronto? We don't we don't know, right? That's the thing. The like our our findings cast light on the on the size of corporate entities that are purchasing properties, but we 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 need further research to confirm this. All right, and then you've got the issue of high ratio loans, which can be used to finance development projects, and uh, you got large loans from private lenders that might be also drawn into question. No. Mm-hmm. This is also so that those average to loan value um, loans, uh, you know, are also something that we need to flag, and uh, those are discussions that uh, we're hoping to have with the with the Ontario government and other policymakers. All right, to close the loophole and make sure that you know there's tax compliance because it's leaking like a sieve right now. If I'm understanding you correctly, again, Sasha Caldera is with us, the program manager of Canadians for Tax Fairness. Money laundering playing a role. 
to a certain extent with the real estate market, uh, certainly in Vancouver, uh, to what extent in Toronto, as he said, he doesn't know, but there's a suspicion that uh, there is something in play here. And uh, so how to best address this? I mean, to close these loopholes, uh, what policy reforms would you affect so that, uh, you know, we'd know that everything is above board and according to Hoyle? For sure. Um, so this is this is where Canada needs to uh, align with what um, our international counterparts are, are doing, particularly in the UK and in the EU. Um, so in those jurisdictions, um, the all 28 member states of the European Union have committed to a publicly accessible centralized registry of beneficial owners. That's where um, you know the, the the ultimate owners of, uh, of 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 businesses and companies of all businesses are are listed. And because um, opaque ownership is a means for money laundering, um, because those those owners can remain anonymous. Um, that facility that makes it easier for for them to remain um, yeah just to just to remain um, uh, out of the limelight and allows for dirty money to be laundered and um, uh, into you know into any economy really um, in Canada um, we don't have this information in fact we have um, approximately 13 different jurisdictions with varying amounts of degrees of transparency and uh, this is something that uh, we need to get at. Um, so it's we've been we've been working with the federal government uh, in uh, in you know in advocating for a publicly accessible beneficial ownership registry. Uh, we also think that the uh, province of Ontario uh, can uh, work with the province of BC and uh, and adapt a beneficial ownership registry of properties. So that's where, um, for properties, uh, ultimate owners can be listed. Right, Which, um, and then you'd yeah. know, uh, because, I mean, there's a paper trail, or at least uh, there's some accountability, because right now we don't have any anti-money laundering reporting obligations, if I'm reading you correctly, and $25 billion in residential mortgages over the past 10 years were provided by these unregulated lenders. Might be some dirty offshore money. Uh, listen, Sasha, I got to let you uh, go, but this is an interesting uh, element, another one of these dimensions to perhaps the impact of housing costs going through the roof and uh, out of reach for a lot of people who wanted to get in, certainly in these major cities, including Toronto, as well as Vancouver. So uh, for that perspective, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for having me. You got it. Uh, Sasha Caldera, Program Manager with Canadians for Tax Fairness. Some people can't own a home. Some people, <laughs> I don't know how they live in the home with their spouse when their spouse is working for the president of the United States and he is demeaning your significant other. What the hell's going on with this Kellyanne Conway, uh, Greg Conway, President Trump? I mean, should she defend her husband, just leave, leave the position? Or uh, is it props to her for compartmentalizing, keeping her eye on her responsibilities, advising the president? Maybe she feels like, you know, she's on a mission from God. And there's some bigger, important thing here that she has to satisfy. And uh, is she biting her lip, holding her nose? Can this marriage work around this? Can any marriage? I mean, this sounds to me like it's something that would tear this wedded bliss asunder. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 